0: Five Sundays ago, we unveiled to this church an ambitious two-year plan to expand our Christian ministries and increase GCR's gospel impact in our city. It's a commitment to what we feel like God is doing in us and through us as this gathered community of faith. We're beginning what I believe are exciting affiliations with five local missions partners. We're adopting three Nexus church plants. We are restructuring our Bible classes and beginning new small groups. We're doing some long overdue repairs and improvements to this worship center. We're taking 100 mission trips and we're starting Christian practice retreats. That's a lot. And this is, as you've heard me say, not a relaunch. It's not a restart. We're not blowing anything up. We're not throwing anything away. We're actually doubling down on what we already do. We're actually leaning into who we already are. This is our breakthrough to transformation and mission. And this breakthrough is big. And I would say it's bold. I would say it's even a little risky. $4 million over two years. That's a lot of money. And we've been coming together in here and over there and in a couple of other places over the last five or six weeks, and and we've processed this, and we've wrestled with it. I think it's been fun, actually, having these conversations, especially over there at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings as we faithfully uh, process this and ask and answer questions and and really get to what god's calling us to do and who he's calling us to be and some of that money is already starting to come in we've actually already received some pledge cards and and some checks and it, it's coming in from the people who are sitting around you this morning and i praise god for that and i cannot wait for next sunday Next Sunday is what we're calling Breakthrough Sunday. And we're asking every individual and every family here at Golf Course Road next Sunday to make your commitments to Breakthrough. And so I would ask you to bring your pledge cards next Sunday. It's been a while since we passed a collection plate, but we're passing them next Sunday. And if you don't have a pledge card, I would urge you to get one. Uh, They look like this. We talked about this a little bit last week. I've got three or four down front here, but they're at every single exit to this. You shouldn't be able to leave this room today without uh, finding a pledge card. They're at the Welcome Center as well. So just make sure that you've got a pledge card as you leave this morning. And of course, this week, we're going to keep praying and keep planning and keep preparing for next Sunday and what God's going to do in us and through us. You've noticed for the last five weeks or so, we're inserting in the, in the middle of the bulletin each week, you've got this word and prayer guide for your daily time uh, with the Lord. If you don't have a daily time with the Lord, I would encourage you to start one like today. And uh, if you don't have a, a plan or a, a set of scriptures or a way to get started, this is a good way to get started. And I think this would be the week that you, you take your pledge card with you into your time with the Lord in word and prayer, and, and be open to it. Listen to what God, God might be telling you, and be open to what God might want to show you this week. Saturday night, we mentioned, we're going to be worshiping over here at 7 o'clock, anticipating, praising God and praying about what He's going to do in here a week from today, the very next morning after that Saturday night worship. And then at 9 o'clock Sunday morning, we're all going to gather in that gathering place, and we're going to eat breakfast together. It's not a Bible class. It's a family breakfast. And we're just going to hang out, and we're going to just enjoy being together. We're going to praise God that we are, all of us, together. We're at the same church at the same time. That's a blessing to me. I hope it is to you. And we're going to... Praise God for what he's doing in us and through us here at the Golf Course Road Church. And then we're going to assemble in here at 1015 next Sunday morning, and we're going to bring our offerings. And we're going to take up the collection near the beginning of our worship time. We're going to, we're going to do this about 20 minutes in so that we can... Count the cards and count the checks and count the numbers and add everything up because we want to announce the total to the church before worship is over next Sunday. We want to be able to rejoice with one another in the same room at the same time over what God is doing. And we want to praise him for his provision and for his grace. And I can't wait for next Sunday. Now, I love this picture that you're about to see. I love this. This is us. This is the Golf Course Road Church. This church started here in this room on August 11th, 1963. And before they ever met in here, this room was built to seat over 1,200 people. Before they ever had a worship service, they, we, this is us, this church from day one, from before day one, was dreaming big. In 1966, 250 GCR church members quit their jobs and moved to Somerville, New Jersey, where they evangelized the city and they planted the still existing Garrettson Road Church of Christ. Who does that? Golf Course Road does that. That's something GCR would do. In 1981, we built the GCR Family Center to provide space for us and for the Midland community to share fun times and to share good works and to share our lives together. And that building, it, it gets used almost every single day by somebody in our community. This is us. This is GCR. I think I see Roy Gear in this picture. Do y'all see Roy? He's wearing a different color hairnet than what he normally wears, but that's, that's Roy. I see Kim O'Connor there in the middle. This is us, church. These are the kinds of things we do. In 1990, Golf Course Road began an annual ecumenical area-wide Thanksgiving service. This thing grew to where more than 10,000 people attended this Thanksgiving worship service. Who does that? We do. That's Golf Course Road. You ever heard of stream in the desert? I'm just asking. That started out as a worship renewal weekend, and before long, it turned into an annual spiritual renewal pilgrimage for thousands of Christians from this region and around the world. A lot of you have told me your faith was formed by stream in the desert. This is us. Look at Russell. You see Russell on the right? That's still exactly where he stands almost every Sunday morning. Different shirt, thankfully. That guy next to Russell, that's Corey in 20 years, I promise. I don't know who that is. (laughs) That looks like, I think that's what Corey's going to look like soon. This is us. In 2005, this church gave more than $5 million on one day to construct the children's building and the gathering space and to build the rest of our campus. And during that two-year campaign, this church gave more than $10 million for those ministry projects. I think I see Kyle McGraw on the far left over there. No, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, Who are some of these kids? So this is Reagan Brown right in the middle. He looks thrilled to be holding up the zero, but that's Reagan. Uh, Peter Neal next to him, I think, holding the four. Oh, holding the five, okay. I mean, this, this is GCR, church. This is our community of faith. Some of that $10 million was used to plant the New Life Church in Odessa, the first cooperative effort between Churches of Christ and the Christian churches in more than 100 years. And that led to the formation of Nexus, which GCR has sponsored to plant nearly 60 churches since that time. 2005 was the same year we opened up the first ever GCR-supported orphanage in Kenya. That work eventually led to the formation of Quo. In 2009, Renovate Midland. Do you remember this? At the Renaissance Apartments. Incarnational relational ministry in our city. I see Ryan and Kristen there in the middle. Uh, Nikki Hughes, I think at the top. That looks like Joe Douglas. Roy and Carol, I see you in there. Look at us. This is us. These are the things we do. Over the past two decades, we've also hosted Third Day and Mercy Me and Michael W. Smith in this room. We've hosted big-name concerts and area-wide conferences and regional worship events. That's who we are. This is the kind of church that we are. We always have been, and I feel very blessed. I'm telling you, I feel privileged by God to be at the Golf Course Road Church of Christ. This is a church with a long record of faithfulness and a strong commitment to God's vision and mission. GCR enjoys a rich heritage of big decisions and daring moves by bold and fearless followers of Jesus. And so this breakthrough initiative, church, it's not new This is just the latest in a long line of bold ventures to proclaim and live the gospel in new contexts and in exciting ways. This is what God's people do. This is what disciples of Jesus do. They hear the call of God and they immediately respond. Well, no, that's not actually what happens typically. What happens first is God's people always object the call they push back and they make excuses about why we can't do this or why God's plan probably won't work but then God makes promises and he reminds his people of his presence with them and of his power inside them and then they faithfully respond that's usually the way it goes that's the way it works in the bible I'll show you a few of these. There's there's too many to do, but I'll I'll show you three or four. In Exodus chapter three, you've got Moses and the burning bush, right? He hears the voice of God. Moses, Moses, and Moses answers immediately, here I am. Verse 7, the Lord said, I've seen the misery of my people. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? We don't have time to look at all of Moses' objections, but it is striking to me how quickly Moses goes from here I am to who am I? I'm ready, Lord. What do you want me to do? I want you to go to Pharaoh's castle. I want you to get my people out of there. Me? Who am I? God says, I am coming to rescue them. God says, I am bringing them out. This is me, Moses. It's not you. Moses has a ton of excuses and and questions and reasons it won't work. But listen to the Lord say, it's not you, it's me. God reminds Moses of his presence in verse 12. I will be with you. And his power in verse 20. I will stretch out my hand and bring the plagues. God's power. Verse 21, I will make the Egyptians let you go. And then God's presence in chapter 4, verse 12, I will teach you. I will help you speak. And he did, and it worked. God calls Jeremiah to be his prophet, and Jeremiah objects. Chapter 1, verse 6, I'm too young. It won't work. I don't have any experience. I'm just a kid. And God reassures Jeremiah with words of comfort and a promise. Verse 7, do not be afraid, for I am with you, presence, and I will rescue you, power. And he does. Same kind of thing with Isaiah, same kind of thing with Ezekiel. I mean, these prophets are all alike. They're like us. In Luke chapter 1, Jesus is about to be born, and God's people aren't quite ready for it yet. And so, God calls Zechariah. He sends an angel this time. Have a son. Name him John. His middle name is going to be The. (laughs) Verse 12, when Zechariah sees the angel, the Bible says he is startled and gripped with fear. And Zechariah's objection in verse 18, I'm too old. And my wife's no spring chicken either. We can't do this. It's impossible. I'll be 105 when he enters high school. But the angel of the Lord answers the objection and says, I stand in the presence of God. He sent me to speak to you. God's going to give you signs. God's going to show you the proof of his presence with you and his power in you. And he does. Look at Mary. Same chapter, same angel. Same call of God, you're going to have a son, name him Jesus. Verse 29, it says, Mary is greatly troubled, and then she objects. Verse 34, this can't happen, Gabriel, I'm a virgin. There's this minor detail about the birds and the bees, perhaps you forgot about. And Gabriel's like, I can't believe she's talking like this out loud. You're kidding me. No, he had no idea about the birds and the bees. Gabriel says, look, nothing is impossible with God. And it's not. Two more real quick. Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, the church is being persecuted. Christians are being thrown in jail. They're being killed. And Saul's right in the middle of it. He's breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He's convinced that he's doing what God wants him to do. And then the call comes, the the flash of light, the, the thunderous voice. And the Lord says, stop, stop what you're doing. I need you to do just the opposite. Saul or or Paul at this point picks up his own story in Acts 22. This is the way Paul remembers it. God's word comes to him through Ananias verse 14 Acts 22. The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And then you've got Saul's immediate objection. I've got a past I've got a bad reputation. People know what I've done. There's no way I can get away from that. I know how he feels. Every single time one of you comes up to me and says, Hey, I ran into somebody who knows you, I start praying immediately please, not from college, please, not from college, please, not from college. But God tells Paul, Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about your guilt. Don't worry about your sins. Go. Verse 21, these are red letters. Go. I am calling you, I am sending you. If you'll let me, Paul, I know exactly how to use you. And he does. While we're here, let's look at Ananias real quick. Go back to the original story in Acts chapter 9. We know from the text, Ananias is a devout Jew. He's a strict keeper of the law. He's a highly respected man of God, and God just calls him out of the blue. Go visit Saul. What does Ananias do? He objects. Can't do it. Lord. I've heard many reports about this guy, all the harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest everybody who calls on your name. God, you want me to do what? I don't know what kind of news you're getting up there, God, but this is a bad dude. I'll minister to my people in the safety of my church, I'll minister to people in my neighborhood in the safety of my house, but this is dangerous, God. This is too risky. I can't do this. But God says, go. I have chosen this man. This is me. It's not you. I will show him, the text says. I will show you. You let me take care of the details, God says, and he does. Listen, church, I believe that God's call is always right in front of us. God's call is always right there, and it's big, and it's bright, and it's clear, and it's unmistakable, just like a big old burning bush. The problem is not that we don't know God's call or his will. The problem is we generally see God's call or God's will for us as all about us, like somehow it's on me, somehow it's on us to accomplish God's will. And so we say things like, yes, I hear the call, but that's too big for us. I, I understand the vision, but I'm not gifted for that. I, I see God's will, but we don't have that much money. I, I'm not qualified or, or I've never done this kind of thing before. And God says, you're exactly right. That's the whole point. I'm glad you recognize that there's no way you can possibly do the thing I'm calling you to do. I'm glad you recognize that you don't have a handle on this, but I do, God says. I've got a handle on what I'm calling you to do. God says, I am qualified. I am powerful. I am able. I'm the God who's doing this, not you. It's me. I just want you to jump into it with me. I want you to trust me. I want you to believe in me. Allow me to do amazing things in you and through you for my eternal kingdom. 1 Thessalonians chapter, or 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. This should be some kind of a theme verse for us. If I had thought about this, you know, three months ago, this would have been our theme verse. I love this. We constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling and that by his power, He may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. God's power is what fulfills our good purpose. His power is what accomplishes our every single act of faith. It's not on us. It's all about God. And so, the liberating thing, church, the the exhilarating thing is that it doesn't matter what objection you raise or what excuse you give. $4 million is too much money. Hey, Alan, I don't know if you know, this church is not as big as it used to be. It's not great timing with the economy. Hey, listen to me. God's got this. Our Lord has this. And when you finally realize that, when you become fully awake to his presence and his power, it is a no-brainer to throw yourself completely into his vision and his mission for his world. Trusting Him, believing Him. At the end of 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, the one who calls you is faithful, and He'll do it. We believe that. And I believe our God is calling us right now to join Him in forging new possibilities for people in Midland in changing the holy potential in people's lives, in participating in his new creation. God is calling us. He's calling this church at this time. I believe that. Now, in order for us to meet the goals of breakthrough, in order for us to make this significant gospel impact throughout the whole Permian Basin, we've got to all jump in together on this. All of us. And so, what I'm about to say is not just for the rich people, okay? It's not just for the people who've been at GCR for the last 35 years, and it's not for the people who are extra involved, okay? This has to be all of us together. Your piece has to be in the puzzle, or it won't be complete. Remember Romans 12:5. In Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. This is you and me, okay? This is us. This is all of us together in Christ. And here's what I need to say. We have to give our money. Do you have just as I am queued up, anybody? We have to give our money. If this is gonna work, We've got to give our money to fund this vision, to share Jesus' gospel of mercy and love with more people in more places. And we have to give it trusting that God is going to provide everything we need. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. If you invest your money in the kingdom of God, if you give your money generously for the sake of others, you can be confident that God will provide for you everything you need. You cannot outgive our God. The Lord promises to give you everything you need so you can abound in every good work, so you can be generous on every occasion. You might say, I'm not able to give that much. And God says, so? This is about me. It's not about you. God is able. And listen, I'm not afraid to ask you to give your money to God's vision and God's mission to what God is doing in us and through us at Golf Course Road. This is why this church exists in Midland. I'm not shy about this. The way I see it, this is a heaven-sent, God-ordained opportunity for you personally to join God in impacting lives of men and women and children in Midland with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's pretty exciting to me. I would love for you to get in on that too. So it would be exciting for you. Okay, now this this is what we're doing right here. You've seen this. It's everywhere. You can't miss it. This is what we're doing. This is what we feel like God's calling us to do and who he's calling us to be here in Midland, Texas. And this is how it happens right here. You've seen this too. We've shown this a few times. This is how it breaks down. Now, it doesn't have to look exactly like this. But we need these kinds of gifts. We need this level of pledges to make it work. And I know somebody in here right now is already trying to figure out how to get to that $250,000 level. And I praise God for that. And I know a bunch of y'all are doing the math right now. $10,000 over two years, that's about $416 a month. That's like 96 and some change every week. That's like dinner and a movie. I I think we can do that. And I praise God for that too. Some of you have stored assets. Some of you have property. You've got stocks and bonds. You've got oil wells. You've got the capacity to make the significant kind of gift that we need to realize our goals. You are blessed by God. And by his grace, you are in a position to do something that not everybody in this room can do. And the question, I think, is not, Can you do it? The question is, are you going to answer the call? And this call is for all of us. Let me be clear. This is for everybody. If you've never given your money to God's kingdom work, you can start right now with this. Or maybe, you know, I've I've been here at Golf Course Road for 10 years. Or, you know, I've I've been a Christian my whole life. And I need a breakthrough, just me, spiritually and missionally. I, I need to get to a different place. Well, this is one way to start that. It's one way for you to get off dead center, I think. Most people struggle just to get started. This is one way. Carrie Ann and I are doing our work on this. And we're coming up with our number. We're increasing the tithe on my salary. We're increasing the percentage on Carrie Ann's salary. We're cutting back on a couple of things. We're doing away with one thing. And we're we're giving 100% of some very much smaller thing, a little thing to break through. But But we're... We're going to feel it, and we're praying that my 12-year-old truck with 185,000 miles can last two more years. Y'all can join me in that prayer. I mean, we're going we're gonna to feel it. It's, it's a little bit of a stretch for us. But Carrie Ann and I have decided that committing to this larger amount and following through with it is going to force us to depend on God to do what he's promised. It compels us to trust God to provide He always has, and he always will. We believe that. But it's also training us to live with less for the sake of others. If we can do without something in order to advance the kingdom of God in Midland, we want to do it. If we can cut back on something in order to bless others with the love and grace of Christ, then that's what we want to do. It is transforming us. To think of others more and to think of ourselves less. And so again, I think the question is not, can you do it? I think the question is, will you answer the call? Put the pledge card up there if you would. You, you've seen this. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. In fact, not much at all. But this is what the inside of the pledge card looks like. I just, I just want you to be aware of, of how we're doing and what we're doing. Uh, what we're doing and how we're doing it. There's four boxes to check the main thing just remember it's for 2 years okay i think that's one of the main things remember it's a 2 year gift and so i know some of you want to give a big gift next sunday praise god bring it and three forms of id okay whatever whatever you need to do but if you'll just write that amount in the upper right hand corner that'll help us count faster so we can get the uh, get the announcement made at the end of church next sunday but Check all the boxes that apply. You might just need to check one box. You might need to check two or three. You might want to combine your one-time gift with another monthly pledge to follow for the next 24 months. Just pay attention to the card. Pray about it. Listen to God about it. Um, Do what God's calling you to do. And join us. Join the Lord. Listen, if Opportunity Tribe can use our money to hire a chaplain. It's going to dramatically recast all the Christian ministry they're doing with those at-risk kids. If Family Promise can use our money to hire a full-time counselor, it's going to bring more of our city's homeless and marginalized into greater emotional health and Christian community. If Mission Agape can use our money to deliver more food to more needy families throughout Midland and extra counties and throughout all of West Texas, it's going to really alleviate a lot of suffering in the name and in the manner of Jesus Christ. If Emerson Elementary can use our money to level the playing field for all 420 of their students and their families, it's going to radically change the at-risk culture of that school. And if we can help young lives with more education and resources for the young girls and more counseling and training for the unwed mothers and more Christian love and support for their families, that might change the whole city of Midland. And you already know the gospel work that happens in and through our church building. This building gets used every single day by our community, schools and nonprofits and support groups and counseling services and health services and civic organizations. On Tuesday, we had more than 300 Cuban refugees inside our building getting the information and getting access to the resources they need as they start their lives over here in West Texas. That's a beautiful gospel thing. You don't even know half of what goes on in this church building on a week-to-week basis. And I don't know if these people go to church, I don't know. I really don't. But I promise you this I do know this. Our God is pursuing every single one of those men and women. He wants a saving relationship with everybody in that picture. We know that. And I guarantee you right now, God's at work in that guy right there. He is. You might not be. I might not be. I've never met that guy. God wants him. God's at work. The Holy Spirit is at work in that guy's life right there. He's looking at his phone. He's walking down the sidewalk. He's not thinking about God, but God's thinking about him. And I'm telling you right now, there's going to come a day when God's Holy Spirit is going to convict that guy. And God's Holy Spirit is going to convince him that he needs to reach up and reach out to the Lord. And he needs to find God in a community of faith in Midland. And if that guy's had a good experience with God's people in this place, he'll think about GCR first. You don't think that happens? That happens a lot. That's the vision, church. That's that's the mission. So again, I'm not afraid and I'm not embarrassed to ask you to give your money to GCR. This is God's vision. This is God's mission. This is what our God is doing. And this is how we feel like we can join him best. 2 Corinthians 8. Just as you excel in everything. In faith, in speech, in knowledge, in earnestness, in love. Just as you excel in everything. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. Brothers and sisters, we know how to do this. We've had excellent examples. We've had wonderful teachers at this church. We've been inspired by some giants here at Golf Course Road. Every one of us is a part of this long history of bold moves and no fear and great faith. We're blessed by God to be here together at this very important time in the history of this community of faith. And I'm very thankful for that. And I know you are too. And now it's our turn. It's our turn. It's on us next Sunday by the presence and the power of God. Breakthrough Sunday to demonstrate bold faith, faith in him for today and for the future of his kingdom here in Midland and way beyond. Not by our strength, not by our abilities, not by our determination, but by the presence of our God with us and the power of our God in us. Amen. Stand with me, church. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 3. I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ever ask or imagine, according to his power. Repeat that after me. According to his power. Say that. To his power. That is at, work. is at work. Say it like you mean it. Within us. Within us. To, him be glory in the to him be glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus. In Christ. throughout all generations, generations. forever and ever, ever. Amen. amen.